Hello, Perpetual Learners. Uh, it's another beautiful day today. And for this particular episode, we'll be talking about the hard thing about learning hard things. How do you learn something no one can teach you? Whatever success I've had so far, I attributed most of it entirely to my aptitude for unstructured learning. Now, this is the thing of learning. This is the kind of learning that's required when delving into a cutting-edge field, navigating a new job, or creating anything genuinely new that nobody ever has. Notably, it is the polar opposite of what is taught in schools and what most people call education. Now, in structured learning, like in school, there are exercises you can follow, teachers who will guide you and a well-trained path from A to Z. The hard part is just you showing up to do the work every day, okay? Now, this should look familiar. Most people spend their first two decades of their lives performing small, quantitized tasks of unstructured learning, competing with their peers over easily gradable benchmarks. Structured learning like this is basically useless outside of classrooms and just trivia game shows in the real world in the real world there's no textbooks no curriculums there is no way to practice there's no source of continuous feedback there are no teachers it's just you and whoever you can convince to help you so how do you learn something no one can teach you how do you become a world-class expert on something few people understand Unstructured learning requires wondering. You must poke around on your own. Use trial and error, search, explore, stumble, discover. The usual Gladwellian prescription of 10,000 hours and deliberate practice isn't actionable when trying to learn something no one knows how to do. How are you going to spend 10,000 hours trying to learn something no one has done? But this is the only kind of learning that the world cares about. Uh, there is this guy called Naval Ravikant, uh, I'm sure I'm butchering his last name, who once said, the world rewards you for creating things it doesn't know how to get it for itself. And how true that is. If there is a structured approach to learning a domain, you can be the world. You can bet the world has no need for your, for your ingenuity can breed experts on its own but as long as it cannot do that the world will handsomely reward you for those who conquer that domain now most people suck at unstructured learning but you can improve at it now here are five principles that would help most people get better at unstructured learning number one choose to look stupid Number two, ask the third question. Number three, immerse yourself. Number four, double down on your strengths. Number five, find excuses to teach. Now, let us look at the first point. Choose to look stupid. Stop trying not to look stupid. Stop trying not to look stupid. Now, most people hope for a progression uh, if you look at a curve they hope that 
they'll, they'll, they'll look less stupid over time. Okay, that's what they hope to do. So they start off by trying not to look dumb, feigning understanding, and hope their fakery will tide them will tide them over while they gradually learn. Now here's a problem. When you're faking, most of what you learn is just how to fake better. It's human instinct to hide your ignorance. You have to fight this instinct. Your curve should instead look like you have to look stupid up front. You have to choose to look stupid. But what about fake it till you make it? Well, I'm, I'll admit it. Faking it is absolutely crucial for getting in the door. But once you're in, you need to cut the faking and focus on making it. Be honest about the limits of your knowledge. Ask basic obvious questions over and over again. Repeat things back and summarize them, even if incorrectly. Explain things you just learned to people again and again, even when you're wrong. Take notes as often as you can, even when it seems like you shouldn't. Pull smart people aside and pepper them with questions about every, uh, after everyone else has left. This is what it looks like to fight for your own learning. All the best learners do this and people respect them for it. Now, if you're learning a new domain or are starting a new job, you don't you don't worry. You, you don't worry. People might see you as stupid. You're not being aggressive enough with your learning. Okay? If you're learning a new domain or are starting a new job and you don't worry, people might see you as stupid. You are not being aggressive enough with your learning. Okay? When you're in a new domain or starting a new job, you shouldn't worry that people might see you as stupid. Okay? So you, you have to be aggressive enough with your learning. Number two, ask the third question. Now, in Moliere's play, The Imaginary Invalid, a patient asks a medical student, why does opium put people to sleep? And the medical student replies, oh, because as doctors have learned opium contains a domitive principle. Now, just about anyone outside of a play would ask the second question, what in the world is a domitive principle? The student might reply, why, it's the essential quality of a substance that puts someone to sleep. So, now, most people give up just right there. Like, okay, it's a substance, you know, it's, that, put, that puts people to sleep. But most people just give up right there. They're unable to grasp an opaque response to assume they don't know enough to evaluate the answer. But some people, those who are determined to learn, ask the third question. They would say, I don't get it. It contains a primitive principle because it puts people to sleep. Uh, isn't that tautology? Hey man, you're working circles around here. Now, of course, the dominative principle is meant to be a joke, but you can't imagine a situation that isn't so obvious. What if the subject were about novel scientific study or why are why all your company's widgets are imported from China or why is the team hiding sales numbers from the boss? Why would you ask the third question? Would you insist on understanding? So there is a strong social pressure here to, to, to shut up. 
you know there is a strong social pressure to shut up that is that is if you don't understand it maybe you don't deserve to understand it most people stay silent now you have to fight this you have to speak up and fight for your knowledge even if it means looking stupid or trampling on a norm or a casual now it's hard but over the course of your life the learning will pay for all the little social costs you incur and yes there is social cost and more often than not you're not the only one who doesn't get it there is others who will profit from your courage now this is how i first uh learned how to just do about anything whatever i didn't get i'd argue re- uh, i'd argue about it rebut plead for people to explain it to me so i could i could understand it i refused not to get it now over many years of debating hand analysis and all these other things this stubbornness led led me to learn things out of greater understanding and yes you are a pain to those who who are professionals now respect the people who slowed down the class who asked the third question because asking the third question requires courage it requires entitlement in the best sense of the word remember that learning is sacred and everyone deserves it every single human and that includes you my dear listener now the third thing is to immerse yourself now many people want to learn french a few people will get fed up enough with themselves to do something about it they might pay for an online course hire a tutor try duolingo buy a grammar book switch their phones menus to french all the usual things you're supposed to do to learn french but there's a shortcut and this is one thing most people will never think to to do how about move to france Now of course uprooting your life and moving to a new country that's a ridiculous thing to just uh, to do just to learn a language but you have to admit being immersed in France will teach you French much better than a textbook or going out there and speaking to French people that's another alternative but it comes at a high cost but immersion is the highest bang for the buck you can get when it comes to learning Now you see your brain was designed over millennia of creation to soak up statistical patterns from its environment whatever it needs to survive communicate send on a social hierarchy it's going to learn how to do that but your brain needs stakes it needs to be immersed in enough raw information to extract patterns your job is to bring it to water your brain can handle the drinking and this is how one guy made it in the blockchain world he immersed himself in it into a world where he did not understand it he read academic papers white papers blog posts most of which made no sense to him he listened to nothing but blockchain podcasts watched technical lectures took notes spun up nodes prototyped a blockchain himself talked to as many blockchain experts as he could who all knew much more than he did he steeped himself into everything blockchain until his brain 
started just to make sense of it. Okay? He brought your, his brain to the water and the brain handled the drinking. Bring your brain to the water. And the, the, and, and the amazing thing is even still almost nobody else he's ever met was learning blockchain the way that he was doing it. So he learned faster than them and so can you. Now you have to double down on your strength. That's the first point of the fourth point. Double down on your strength. Now, most people shy away from their strengths. They're convinced that they need to be an expert in something before they start blogging, organizing organizing events, or making YouTube videos, or making friends with influential people. This couldn't be further from the truth. Exploit your strengths and double down on them. People often self select themselves out of usefulness, believing that their strengths aren't useful in a new domain. They're almost always wrong. Do it early. Do it poorly. If you fail, you'll be surprised how little anyone cares or notices. If you succeed, you'd be surprised how easy it was, and how much worse that uh, how much worse other people are at it. Now I have a knack for writing so whenever i want to learn a new domain i start blogging about it now here's the thing at first my writing is pretty bad no one reads it and no one cares but over time writing forces me to engage more deeply with the domain make connections research more carefully ultimately learn more it's a cycle now, I know so many people who are com- uh, competent writers but choose not to blog about things they don't know well. But I ask them, why not? And they often say, I'll blog when I have something to say that hasn't already been said. <laughs> I laugh, you know. Everything I say has all been said before. But today, I'm the one saying it. So anyone who wants to hear it today gets to hear it from me. So double down on your strengths. Now, number five, find excuses to teach. It's a little known uh, secret that in any classroom, the person learning the most about the subject is the teacher. The absolute fastest way to learn any domain is to teach it. Teaching requires you to spontaneously recall things you've learned, to organize and fluidly present concepts to come up with analogies and frameworks and to answer arbitrary questions about a topic but you're still an amateur yourself how can you possibly get into a situation that you can teach simple find the person next most clueless junior to you and offer to teach them if you can't do that organize a free class seminar webcast if Even one person shows up, teach that one person. Answer questions on an online forum like Stack Exchange or a public Slack channel. Write or record tutorials. There's always someone behind you who wouldn't teach, who would benefit from your help. Now, when I was learning computers, uh, when, when this one guy was learning computer science, 
He organized small study groups where he taught advanced algorithm data, uh, data structures, the kind of stuff normally taught in an, in an advanced university. Of course, he was he wasn't qualified at the time. So how how did how did he teach them? Simple. He told them he would. And having already committed, he watched Stanford and Princeton lectures on the algorithm again and again until he understood them. Then he programmed them and then wrote tests and planned out a lecture. Now, the lectures were fine, though his amateurism, his amateurism, uh, his amateurishness showed through. But that's okay. They were still useful to the attendees, but even more so, they were invaluable to him. So he says that he would never have gotten to where he is today if he only taught things that he already had mastered. Now, learning to learn. In the end, learning is both a science and an art. It is, it is, uh, it is a science when your domain is structured and an art when it, it, is, when it isn't. Now, if you're trying to learn in a structured domain, much of the best research on the topic is summarized in the uh, legendary MMOC, Learning How to Learn by Barbara Oakley. There are some good condensed classes, class notes uh, available, but the science of learning is well understood when trying to learn something well understood. Okay, but the art of learning is a little bit more subtle. It's a little bit more subtle. It is in how you explore uncharted territory. It is how humankind learns anything from the for the very first time. The best learners, the people I most respect, they fight for their learning through small acts of bravery. They explore, take risks, look stupid, and insist on learning, on leaving no rocks unturned. Though I usually fall short of that myself, this is the kind of learner I aspire to be. Thank you very much.